The Charlotte Hornets did something on the trade deadline. The question is, did we like it? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. I'm Walker Mail. Catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3, 92.7 FM. And you can uh, also catch Doug Branson, my co-host, on his Substack, writing all of the latest reports about the Charlotte Hornets. His Substack is Every Hornets Box Score. Find it at everyhornetsboxscore.com. All right, Doug, going to lead with this real quickly. Jalen McDaniels, he gets traded. You net one second round pick. Mason Plumley, he gets traded. You net Reggie Jackson, a buyout candidate. And also a 2028 second round pick. We're going to dive into the details right away. I just wanted your feelings first as we sit here after trade deadline day. Because the Hornets did something. They did. Rod Boone. I know. And and Rod Boone warned us in the Charlotte Observer. He was like, well, you don't want the Hornets to do something just for the sake of doing something. And we were sitting here. Oh, contrary, (laughs) my friends. (laughs) but we want to see some action baby and then we're like "Ah, okay maybe you're right rod maybe that's why you're the professional i think that there is room walker to both be encouraged that they did something and also to be a little frustrated that they didn't go far enough Uh, i'm i'm certainly torn because we did set the bar very low. Do something, <laughs> not, you know, not do everything, not do not do everything perfectly, not yeah. bring back a ton of assets. We just wanted them to do something because I think you and I recognized both that it wasn't working, the product on the floor wasn't working, that it wasn't going to work, and that Steve Clifford was going to do his damnedest to make it work unless the front office stepped in and took away some of his keys. And I think that the sort of... 30,000 foot idea here is that that's what the organization did. They took away a couple of of keys that, look, Clifford was not going to bench Mason Plumlee. He wasn't going to stop playing Jalen McDaniels. Both of those players contributed to the, you know, the few wins that they've had this season and, and would contribute to future wins. And so in that way, they did take a few of the keys so I think there's room for both of those feelings. I, I'm conflicted. I think a lot of Hornets fans are disappointed. I think they have every right to be because, like, you're not going to have any positive vibes about this season. I don't expect fans to be, like, super elated about a bunch of second – not even a bunch, just a couple of second-round picks. That's correct. That's correct. It was actually on the lower tier of amount of uh, second-round picks that some of the teams received yesterday. I thought that was a fantastic tweet from you yesterday saying, if you don't get your Valentine's sweetheart five second-round picks, <laughs> then what are we doing? I mean, that's well, going to be bum. a slap in I the face. I said face. you're a bum. you got to go yes. out there and get the second round. Yeah, I mean, people were throwing out second-round picks like they were like they were candy. I mean, it was crazy. Five second-round picks were going for players that I didn't think were worth that many draft picks, and then you, you lose Jalen essentially for yeah one draft pick I thought it was multiple draft picks I went on the radio to defend the deal a little bit because I thought it was multiple of course you know the information is changing I think I came on right. like 15 minutes after the deal the information changes all the time and, th- and then we find out 
they the Hornets sent a second round pick out. So you net one draft one second round pick for Jalen McDaniels, who you drafted in the second round. You did all of this work to develop into a player that was like attractive to teams. Utah was interested. Phoenix was interested. Ultimately, both of those teams decided not to deal for Jalen. But then you you do trade Jalen and you only get one pick back. It's crazy. So, so let's go to the details real quickly. So what happened is the Hornets acquired a 2023 second round draft pick from Philadelphia, a 2027 second round draft pick from Portland and forwards fee McKaylug. If you're a college basketball fan, you remember him from Kansas. He's bounced around the league to a couple of different teams and they acquired McKaylug from the New York Knicks as a part of a four team deal. The Hornets, they sent out Jalen McDaniels and New York's 2024 second round draft pick to Philadelphia. So you're right. You only netted a 2023 second round pick. Now you are going to have a second round pick in this very deep draft class. I understand that. And maybe you're going to package that with something to move up in this draft class. At the same time, you're right, Doug. Here's my problem, right? We all know you, you, if you listen to lockdown Hornets, you knew as soon as you clicked on this podcast, what I was going to think about this deal, because I've been singing the praises of Jalen McDaniels for quite a bit. I've always tried to keep that within range of what we should feel about Jalen. I don't think he's the best player in the world. We all get that. This is the type of guy that you keep on a contract where I don't think he's going to get paid a lot of money. He is a three and D can throw in any offense and he'll work just fine because he's not going to call for the ball a lot. If you don't trust his passing, if you don't trust him putting in the ball on the deck, fine. The goal is to not allow him to do that as much anyway, because you want more talented players to have the basketball in their hands. And then Jalen can come in at like what a Cody Martin type contract. Is he going to make $10 million a year? I'd be honestly fine with that. And then you net one second round draft pick. And so if that second round draft pick isn't used to move up in the NBA draft to go get somebody better, if it's not used to then select somebody like Jalen McDaniels or even better, then I'm not sure why you would have traded him because it's not like, look, this whole PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels thing. Yes, it does look like they're trying to create more room for PJ. And it's not like you wanted to be completely, you know, you, you didn't want to be and maybe they don't i don't know i saw the face but like even if you wanted to save enough money to pay pj it doesn't mean you have to trade Jalen mcdaniels for less than what i thought his value was or what the perceived value was right like sometimes perception is reality in the nba and if there are so many teams linked to Jalen, then i would imagine you could squeeze a team for something more than this but here you are getting a 2023 second round pick. Yeah, I'm underwhelmed as hell, Doug. So I'm, I, it just, it just doesn't, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? This is not the type of move that's going to break the Charlotte Hornets and they're not going to be able to come back from it. But to me, it, it is, it is a piece of evidence, in my opinion, that goes under the bad business category. Yeah. I, no, I made the face because I, I think that this move is also about, possibly miles bridges like if if the Maybe, team yeah. does intend to bring him back then all of a sudden you've you, i mean you're you're keeping gordon because you have no choice now you have a glut at forward and i think both of these moves and, and the lack of the sort of full-scale fire cell that i think you and i were calling for i think is is a little bit of a signal that this team knows that it's bad enough to compete for one of those like top three picks but also is still trying to get cute a little bit and and maybe set themselves up to both have their cake and eat it too, to get one of those top three draft picks and possibly make a run at a play-in spot or a playoff spot next season. And so, 
you know, Jalen McDaniels in that scenario, if we play that game all the way out, is probably not is going to be on the fringe of the rotation, right? And so then how do you resign that guy? Do you can you even resign that guy? Because he would be an unrestricted free agent at that point. Like, could you even bring him back? And so then when you compound that with the idea that, again, I think you did want to take some keys away from Steve Clifford. You did want to take some pieces away to maybe position yourself to be a little worse in this back half. I would have loved to get more second round picks for Jalen McDaniels, but you know, I, I don't know what those negotiations were like. I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I'm just trying to figure out what the vision of the Charlotte Hornets is. And that's yeah. on them, really. They got a message this. Yeah. I, I really hope they come out and say why they did this deal. But, I don't really have hope for it, but I hope they do. Well, well, you saw the report that they're not. Mitch Kupchak's not speaking. Apparently, you know, and I so so Will Kunkel put out there on Twitter that Mitch Kupchak's not going to speak to media after the trade deadline. Kyle Bailey, my colleague at WFNZ, he quote tweeted that and said a league source told him Mitch Kupchak is out scouting right now. And look, you know, if if it was a bigger move, fine. That then I think you would be calling for it. It's 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 all just a little. Okay, I wish you'd do this. Okay, I wish you would do this. And they're just a bunch of little things that mount up into something where you do get a little bit more frustrated than each of these individual things by themselves. Well, and once again, as an organization, you're allowing everyone else to set the narrative for you. Instead of coming out and getting ahead of it and saying, hey, here's why we did this thing. I'm going to tell you why we did this thing. And I'm going to tell you why it's a positive move for the future. You don't do that. You instead let everyone set the narrative for you that you only got a couple of second round picks, that you don't know what you're doing, that, you, you know. So, look, if, if that's the way the organization wants to play it, then I think fans have every right to make any kind of judgment they want about the team because the Hornets aren't out defending these deals. Uh, I, uh, I don't understand it, why you wouldn't yeah. want to get out ahead of it, but that's what they've chosen to do. Um, well, and to be fair, if Mitch Kupchak chose to, he would probably say something wrong and then we'd make fun of him. So I guess there is the catch 22 in that regard, <laughs> Mitch, can, can you do a Mitch Kupchak impression about this trade? I I'm, I'm asking you to perform for me like, like a jester, but I, I am, I am asking for that because people love it, Doug. So if you'll please well, you give know, us a Mitch know, Kupchak you know impression. How I, I love, I love second round picks. Um, <laughs> I collect them. I put them in a, in a case. It's a well-appointed case, you know? I love second and then Rich Cho tries, and, and then Rich Cho tries to steal them and then trade them for you know something underwhelming. So there is the exact antithesis there. Real quickly, some some clarification on the second round pick. So Charlotte trades McDaniel's and the 2024 Knicks second round pick, and they receive the more favorable of Atlanta's, Charlotte's, Brooklyn's, and Philadelphia or via Philadelphia's 2020 and. Uh, Goodness gracious. And <laughs> I, feel the like, I feel like it's that favorable. meme. What is the meme with Winona Ryder where like all of the little math things are falling down and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where to look like that's that's me. It, when but that's the, the whole thing. That's the whole thing about the second round picks is yeah. that nobody knows what any of it means. They're probably not even going to select in those picks anyway. They're going to package those those picks Correct. become someone else's picks and become someone else's picks. It's like playing ping pong. None of it matters. And, and that's why ultimately, I think even getting bothered by the idea that they only got one second round pick is a little bit ridiculous because like what are, what do these even mean i don't even know anymore i'm so confused well yeah you would want something i mean that that seems more valuable than i mean i'm we're, we're choosing not to read the clarification that's right in front of my face because i don't want to bore the listeners right like that's <laughs> that's that's how bad it is that is that is something that i'm in choose i'm choosing for content's sake to not read some of the details because 
I'm not even sure people could grasp it. I can't grasp it. So make fun of me if you could. All right, let's uh, I want to talk more about the keys thing. You talked about that. Plus Mason Plumley, He also got traded. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Was the Mason Plumley trade worth it? And are some of the returning players like Mikhail Luke and Reggie Jackson, are they going to be on the roster for the rest of the season? Longer than that? We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is something you can try for 30 days for free, and that should be enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or a service because it helps you cancel those unwanted subscriptions. Um, they cost a ton of money. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when actually the total is closer to $200. And if you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought just to watch one show on or that free trial that you never even used at the end in the first place. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions. Manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Mason Plumley trade coming up next. Is locked on Hornets. Mitch Kupchak, will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything. Time? The thing that he has not done it is anything. It always comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do, do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme in person because <laughs> that it always comes back to do something. Do something. <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, do we need to figure out a way? Do, do we alter our message to the people? Because, you know, the, the do something thing. Should we alter it to do something smart? Do something above average? Do, do we alter our messaging or do we just keep it the same for next time? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's difficult. Look, Jalen McDaniels was a good player, was not a great player. Mason Plumley was a good player, was not a great player. I mean, I think it's a miracle they got any deals done, honestly, with the track record combined with, I think, the level of talent that they were trying to move. I mean, it's pretty clear that both Jalen McDaniels and Mason Plumley were people's backup to the backup plan. Or maybe maybe the backup plan, but probably the backup to the backup plan. So the fact that they got anything done. So no, I think you know I I think our messaging was fine. I think they got something go. done. I mean, it's not a popular opinion. I get it. People are upset right now, and and again, they have every right to be upset because the team is not coming out and even defending these deals. So you know, I get it. Well, and well, and, and Philadelphia. I wonder if that was Philadelphia's backup plan. I mean, I because I don't think I had even heard them linked to anybody else, but we had heard them linked to Jalen. And plus, you know, Daramore trying to figure out how to work around the cap up there. So let, let's get to the Mason Plumley trade, and then we can talk about it in totality a little bit more. So Mason Plumley, you know, close to the buzzer, was traded to the L.A. Clippers, and you traded him to L.A. 
and you acquired a 2028 second round draft pick, Reggie Jackson, and of course, cash considerations, which they oh, traded yeah. for before, right? Um, or they actually traded for Brad Wanamaker. But anyway, yeah, they're bringing back some cash considerations and a 2028 second round draft pick. So this news comes in. And at the time, all we knew was that you were getting Reggie Jackson in return. And that was about it. And then live on air, I was like, look, this, this doesn't make sense as far as a value standpoint. Reggie Jackson actually could help you right now. He plays a little bit of defense, can shoot mm-hmm. the three, can provide some rim pressure, but you didn't trade Terry Rozier. So what are we doing? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. trading Mason. And so I understand Reggie's making a little bit more money, but they're both on expiring contracts. It's not a lot more money to be saving a wide gap in, on your payroll, you know, this season. So, you know, the, the Reggie Jackson thing, he's a buyout candidate. It, it, he smelled like a it buyout looks like candidate. The, it looks like the reports are that the Hornets are moving. Yeah. If they haven't right. already done it, they're moving towards buyout. Yeah, Right. I mean, and, and that's that's something that I anticipated immediately upon bringing Reggie Jackson in. And so you get that second round pick and that's later coming in. Right. You know, I'm I'm way less mad with this deal, Doug. I, I will say this. If, if we're talking about. If we're talking about, again, perception of Mason Plumley, I was watching the NBA show yesterday, NBA Today, and Bobby Marks said Mason Plumley was the best deal that the Clippers made. And the Clippers made, you know, what, like four of some uh, in the same ilk, right, in the same category mm-hmm. of, you know, some smaller moves like that. And, and Bobby Marks' favorite trade was the Mason Plumley deal. So I, I just I just don't want Charlotte to be the whipping boy of the trade market. And the, I, I just you, you talked about the track record, right? Like you talked about it's OK to be upset with this team. And are, are people looking at Charlotte and saying, like, all right, well, you know, we'll just give them a second round pick and we'll just take whatever we want from there. I, I don't know how much more value you could have gotten from Mason. Fine. Right. We had we had hypothesized second round picks multiple. That, that's what we kind of hypothesized when there was a report about them wanting a first round pick. We had kind of guessed, hey, can can you get multiple seconds? That's probably what you're talking about. They only get one. With Jalen, look, I know Nada put out there a big old value, you know, on Jalen. I think he said maybe even multiple or just keep him, right? Um, multiple first round picks. I I thought maybe a protected. <laughs> I I right. didn't even think a first look a Jalen is not even worth a first round pick. Like I just I, I thought I, protected. I thought protected. Yeah, I had no problem with a protected first round pick. And nothing I, like, apparently every other I, NBA team had a problem with it. Well, okay. Well, uh, for, for sure. But there, yes, also a lot of other NBA teams were very interested in Jalen McDaniels. And then eventually the, Charlotte traded. But like, this is how it goes, right? Like, you're talking about all these teams that are interested. And then eventually they get just the one second round pick. And, you know, I look, this is to me, it always made more sense to just keep Jalen, right? But with Mason, I'm saying that this is a deal that I like a lot better than the one that we saw before. It doesn't make sense to keep Jalen if you don't think you have any interest in re-signing him or that you even think you could compete to re-sign him if you've got other moves in mind. That's what I'm saying. Because keeping Jalen McDaniels for the rest of this season makes you better. You know, Svi is yeah, not going to really – I don't think Svi makes you better if they even plan to play Svi. So so this is – this was like so with the whole keys thing, right? Like, did you take away – enough for you to actually i mean to have a significant impact on how much you win games because here we are talking about we'll see. not even you're you could argue that mark williams i mean defensively mark williams is better than mason plumley 
And so if you're going to put him out there and he's going to be playing more minutes, then you actually are better in one area. All right. So maybe that negates a little bit of how much better or worse you are with Mark Williams going out there. When Gordon Hayward is healthy, Gordon Hayward's starting. When PJ's healthy, he's starting. So you're talking about a bench player in Jalen, which matters. But now you're talking about if the guys remain healthy. And then plus, if Kelly Oubre comes back, then you're talking about some reinforcements even without Jalen McDaniels. And so when we talk about taking the keys away, I'm not even sure how much they really did that. And then you're getting a second round pick. Here, here's the thing that makes me that helps this, right? If you think that you can package the 2023 second round pick that you received in the Jalen deal, and then you can move up and then you get somebody and he works out long term, great. I'll shut up. But it just it it's and you're right. He Jalen's not a great player. There, there wasn't a whole lot of people knocking down the door. There wasn't a whole lot of first-round picks switched hands anyway. And I'm not saying that other – you said, yeah, other teams didn't think that there was a first-round pick that was worth trading for Jalen. Right. Like, we get values wrong all the time, right? So I'll, I'll be wrong on that. But to me, it still felt underwhelming as far as sending him out to a team. Like, hell, we're, we're wrong on values all the time. That, that's just how it is. So, yeah, I, you know, teams disagreed, whatever. But to me, it made sense more to keep him, especially when we see the fallout 24 hours later. Well, and there weren't a lot of first round picks being tossed around. That just wasn't, that That's wasn't what I'm the saying. market. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was more, everything was second round value. I think like two, what, two teams sent first round picks in, in all of the deals that we saw. So it was a lot of player player movement. It was a lot of second round draft compensation movement. We, the, there just wasn't the appetite for that. And, and particularly, I think, again, on a player like Jalen, who, has played the starter role when there were injuries, but immediately was it just hasn't made the kind of impact that I think would uh, precipitate a first round pick coming back. But but you yeah, know, and fair, the sa same goes fair. for Mason Plumley, right? I mean, you know, we had talked about oh maybe I think the you know the first round really comes from a a sense of desperation, and the market has to be perfect. And the, this market wasn't. There were a lot of buyers, but there's also going to be a strong buyout market. I think some of these teams. You know, like a Boston or others that didn't really get involved in some of these deals. I think they look at the buyout market and they go, OK, there are going to be some opportunities there. So I don't have to completely empty my wallet here to make a run. Or they look at the situation and go, actually, counterintuitively, there are so many people that think they can compete that this is going to be a super competitive run to the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of teams haven't really separated themselves. So it would be silly for us to go make a couple of fringe moves, give up a bunch of assets only to get bounced by just a sneaky six seed or something. So, you know, I think there are a lot of factors going into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I am not going to argue with you on the idea that they didn't do enough. I don't think they did enough. I don't know that they took enough keys away. Uh, this team is already playing poorly, but Kelly Oubre is coming back. They didn't trade Kelly. Cody Martin may come back. They're going to get some rest over the trade that or over the uh, All Star break. So yeah, I mean there is the potential that they do play better and they work themselves out of position for one of these top three or top four draft picks. And I think that would be devastating. And I think the the organization uh, would earn criticism for that. Mm hmm. And if, if it happens, yeah, that would be th that because that's what you're looking for right now. And they're the fourth worst team in the NBA, you know, and and you're not you're not going to move out of the bottom four. Like that's it, it's really a race within those. Right. I mean, you're talking about Orlando that I believe is the fifth worst team or close to it. And then, you know, the Lakers got better. They were kind of close to that area. But it's really going to be between the Pistons, the Spurs, the Hornets and um, 
and uh, the Rockets. So that that's who that's who the teams are going to be battling for that number one overall spot. But I mean, and maybe we can talk about this in the last segment. I, I don't yeah. know what you tell people that would buy tickets to games or season ticket. I don't know what you like. I don't know how they're supposed to feel about any of this. I don't know what the direction of the team is. And as you said, they're they're not really talking about these moves. They haven't really talked about sort of the long term vision of the franchise. Maybe Miles Bridges and his future has something to do with that. They that they don't know what that's going to how that's going to shake out, and they don't want to talk about it. But I just I'm I'm very confused as a fan of the team myself. I'm super confused about everything that we've seen uh, really since the previous offseason. I don't, I don't know what I, I struggle because I'm supposed to come here and you know talk into this microphone and explain you know what's going on here. It's really tough to do that when you don't even have a clear vision from the organization on which to base either criticism of that vision or support of that vision. There's just no vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. We'll try to make sense of it all and uh, still be con- uh, confused. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What do the Hornets do from here? How are they going to look like on the court now that you don't have Jalen McDaniels and you do not have Mason Plumley? We'll get to that in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes... It seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move to Sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, the other reason that you like the Mason Plumley trade a lot more is and it's it's the brightest spot that we get here today after the trade deadline. It's the fact that you're going to see a lot more Mark Williams. That is mm-hmm. the brightest spot. That is the the thing that you come away with most excited about because your first round pick who has been playing great off of the bench. He has been providing hope and it is at a position we have been clamoring for ever since Al Jefferson left the Charlotte Bobcats slash Charlotte Hornets and Mark Williams has done an excellent job. I would imagine that he starts and he plays a lot more minutes than the 15. He had been basically getting off of the bench and that's an exciting thing for Charlotte Hornets fans. He should start. It's yeah. not a guarantee at this point because he I, has been said, sharing. Uh, I, right. Yeah, he's been sharing the backup role with Nick Richards. They've been swapping them in and out. But it seems like the the, the swaps have benefited 
Mark more than they have Nick. It seems like Mark's getting a little bit more time than Nick. That would signal that, you know, because Nick Richards did uh, play a significant role as the, the backup center early in the season, and, and now it looks more like everything's shifting towards Mark. So that's good news. He should start. And then you have to wonder, is this good news for Kai Jones as well, who when he has played has had to play out of position. You go all the way back to summer league. He played out of position at the four spot. I really want to see what Kai Jones can and can't do at the spot that he would play, you know, if he got significant time, which is the center position. So do they now shift that sort of swappy mm-hmm. swappy with Kai Jones and Nick Richards? Um, that's that's what I'm interested to see. Could this be good news for Kai as well? Well, and I think, you know, maybe I feel like I've maybe figured out the formula as to when you're going to see more Nick Richards in a backup role. And it looks like swappy it's the swappy. Second- a little swap. I'm not sure how uh, relevant that was to my point, but I think people are going to love it. Put it on a T-shirt. So I think the the method here is the second night of a back-to-back, that's when Nick Richards is going to get time. If you go look at the back-to-back that you had against Utah and Phoenix on the road, Mark Williams plays 18 minutes against Utah. And then the next night, Mark Williams only plays six minutes. You go back to the other back-to-back scenario, Chicago on the road, 17 minutes, the only the one minute that he played against Detroit and had people frustrated. That's when Nick Richards got some playing time. So, you know, it, Mark, Mark Williams had taken over really that mm-hmm. backup role. And then the second night of back to backs, Nick Richards was getting that spot. You're right. I still don't feel comfortable saying Mark Williams is going to be the outright starter. Part of that is because we know Steve Clifford um, appeases to the veterans. But the other thing is, it's not like you have a pure veteran at the center position. Nick Richards is only like what a couple a year older than what Mark Williams is two years older. So not that big of a gap there Um, on the wing. Now uh, with Kelly Oubre out Cody Martin out, you don't have that depth anymore, which nobody cares about that. That's one thing like with the McDaniels trade, as much as I don't like it, it's not because they don't have depth this year. (laughs) You know, I want, I want depth for when they are ready to go at this thing, but they have Gordon Hayward. They have, P.J. Washington, who's a four anyway, is not like really a, a three. You, you never want to see him really at the three. So, yeah, th- their depth with injuries and no longer having Jalen McDaniels, that's what's kind of depleted here. And now you're bringing in Gordon Hayward, who is also very injury prone. So what do you expect to see out there on the wing this year, Doug? Well, you probably see a little bit more of JT Thor, who was getting some playing time anyway. Clifford seems to like uh, when JT Thor's out there how the Hornets play. Uh, you're you're getting defense. You're not getting free throw shooting. Unfortunately, he missed some of those key free throws uh, that lost them uh, a game a couple of games ago. But uh, you are you are getting some competent defense. You are getting a, an occasional Thorner three, a, th- a, th- a Thor three from the corner, if you will. I think that works. I think that Thorner? works. Mm-hmm. Thorner three, mm-hmm. yep. So you get that occasionally. Uh, but with Jalen leaving, Jalen's offense was inconsistent, but when it was on, he was a potent, you know, weapon off of the bench. And, and, it, mm-hmm. and it did provide that bench a little bit of a lift because that bench without Kelly Oubre, without Cody Martin, there's just no offense. I mean, when they break the lineup, they struggle to score so mightily. It really is all on Terry Rozier or LaMelo Ball, whoever's out there with that bench unit. They've had to do all of the heavy lifting offensively, and now it gets even worse with Jalen. So what I'm thinking is, does this mean more Bryce McGowan's, or do we see a return of James Booknight uh, to possibly give that bench unit a little bit more of an offensive punch uh, so we'll we'll see. I mean, I think 
I think you're going to see a. I don't think you're going to see a set rotation really for the rest of the season, right? I think there's going to be some games where it's like, all right, Book Knight gets a, a look here until Kelly Oubre and Cody Martin come back and they're healthy, and then you know I think some of the fringe guys like McGowan's and Book Knight will will slide back a little bit, but we'll see. It'll be super interesting. I think once again these young guys have an opportunity to show something. They've had multiple opportunities this season. Some like Bryce McGowan's have shined. Others like James mm-hmm. Book Knight have. Not, uh, but I think they're going to get a second opportunity now. And so, you know, just taking a look at some of the pieces that weren't traded, rapid fire here, Doug, because there were a lot. Um, Kelly Oubre, I always thought it was going to be hard. After he suffered ligament, well, yeah, yeah, 100%. After he suffered the the ligament damage in his shooting hand, right? And that's how he makes his bread. And so when when he's not effective for another couple of weeks, and who knows, the guy wasn't even shooting, um, in warmups with his shooting hand when Rod Boone put that video out uh, like a week or two ago. Yeah. I'm not surprised that Kelly Oubre didn't get any suitors. Well, no. And when Rod Boone does the write-up of Kelly Oubre essentially begging to stay, um, that's not only a signal to the franchise, right? That's a signal to other teams. Like, Hey, if you trade for me, it's not like I'm going to be super thrilled about it. You know, it's <laughs> a, I don't want out. You know, so I think another team would look at that and go, all right, well, we could trade for Kelly, but you got the injury. Plus, it just doesn't seem like he wants to be traded. So would he even really enjoy being here once he does get healthy? So, yeah, I I didn't put much of a chance of that happening really at all. Well, and just like it's the kind of guy that you're going to possibly lose for nothing. That's still a possibility. And so when you're talking about that, you could see some criticism coming their way. But there's just you're right. Like the injury, it completely torpedoed his trade value, especially if you're trying to you're trading for him on an expiring contract to make a run at this thing. And if you don't have them, if you have zero clue what you're going to get. I understand how hard that would have been to, to trade Kelly. Um, so going elsewhere, Gordon Hayward, I mean, that was, you know, it's funny. We had heard rumors. Jalen McDaniels was at the top of that list, right? Like even with Mason, with us realizing Mason was probably the most tradable piece out there, you know, because one, we, we didn't know if Charlotte was willing to trade Jalen. We pretty much knew Charlotte would be willing to trade Mason Plumley. It just, everything made sense to move him. But w- we saw a lot of teams interested in Jalen. We saw some with Mason, some had been linked to Terry Rozier, maybe a little bit with Kelly, uh, maybe earlier on. Doug, I can't think of a single team this year that was linked to be interested in Gordon Hayward. And that's not been true in previous seasons, right? Like, I think maybe we've seen one or two. But this year, I didn't expect him to get traded at all. And it always made more sense in the offseason if there was going to be a move made. And he yeah, really, he's the one guy of all of those trade candidates who had some serious negatives with the injuries that he sustained. And the perception around him is that he's injury prone. And that's also a reality as well. But also didn't really like showcase in a way that Mason Plumley showcased, in a way that Jalen McDaniel showcased, to be perfectly honest. You know, Gordon Hayward, um, I think, is super important on, on, on like a underground level to what the Hornets are trying to do. But at the same time, like he's not super aggressive offensively. He hasn't been. Um, and, and he's not doing things in a way that again, as another team, you would go, Oh wow. We can like, yeah. we can super integrate that into our system and make us better immediately. That's just, that's not what's happening. You know, I think the Hornets really, what I hope the Hornets do at this point is don't, you know, so w- we've seen this so many times with the organization where they, they get into a bad situation 
And then right as they're about to get out of the bad situation, they flip that bad situation into another bad situation, whether it's Nick Batum, right. Dwight Howard, blah, 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 down the line. It just, it just like flows. The, the river of poop just continues to flow. <laughs> and they don't just like, they don't just, you know, get some beavers in there and damn it up. They know oh, they God, just say, no, we're going to let the river of poop continue to flow. So I hope it just stops with Gordon Hayward. They just let it flame out and, and then just move on after that. Did you just bring poop beavers into the analysis? Just, it has been a, that's what I mean. That's what it's been like for the past couple of years. Just a bunch of poop beavers. That that's what you hire, right? You hire beavers to stop the poop. And as soon as you do that, then you're starting to get it on makes the right sense. track. If you really think about it, it makes sense. A hundred percent. Final thing, Terry Rozier, the the most interesting trade candidate, right? Because of the contract, because of how he could help another team. Those chances of him getting traded diminished pretty pretty. Um, I would say decently when you're talking about the Lakers making moves on the Westbrook deal, really, that was it. But, you know, Phoenix. you know, you could talk about a lot of other things, but like Westbrook was, was the only shot. And what happened was well, Minnesota, Minnesota Phoenix. Yeah. I thought Phoenix was like, at least well, you're right though. then KD had, well, so that's the thing. Like, yes, in a universe where KD doesn't happen, where really where Kyrie doesn't happen because Kyrie happening yeah. caused KD to happen. Okay. And then, Minnesota happened like in a universe where Minnesota got off to a much better start and, and it wasn't completely confusing. I don't want to say it's a disaster there, but it hasn't gone anywhere near where they wanted it to go. And so then they, they decide to, to ship out Russell to fix it. So like in, in a scenario where those things don't happen, I think the Hornets are better set up at the trade deadline, but those things did happen. And I think both of those things hurt the Hornets. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so Terry is on this team. Gordon Hayward is still on this team. Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumley, the two guys traded at the deadline. We can talk a little bit more about it as we gather some more thoughts over the weekend. We'll see how the Hornets perform. They do have a game against the Boston Celtics, <laughs> a championship contender with the new look Tank City Hornets. It's uh, it's going to be a poop river. Where, where, we're where are you, Boston? Right? I thought you were going to trade yeah. for Mason. I thought we would yeah. we would get a revenge game right off the bat. No, okay. They went from they went for Bucknell's finest, Mike Mascala, instead. So that's what they decided championship. to do. Championship. Give him the give him the trophy. One hundred percent. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. Again, check us out anywhere you get your pods. Also, make your second listen. Game to game NBA. It's every moment. It's every top performance. They have every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every single game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, again wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. 